0: Everybody, this is Just Sold with Brent McIntosh. My name is Bryn Griffiths and Just Sold with Brent McIntosh. He's from the McIntosh Group at REMAX River City and he joins us today. How are you doing, Brent?
1: I'm well. How are you today, Brent?
0: Well, I'm a little nervous because, you know, I got to get my taxes in and this is a little unusual for me because I usually don't do that till July or August and the guest that we have will probably back that up because he's the guy that does my taxes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's something that that's a bit of a coincidence. I didn't know that we actually shared the same account. So what a small world it is. Joining us today is that accountant. It's Spencer Dorward from Yates Whitaker, LLP. Hello, Spencer. Hello, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate your time. Let's talk a little bit first before we get into that fascinating world of accounting. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: You know, Brent, uh, accountants are very exciting, so I'll keep it brief. There's uh, I have four four young children with my wife, Julie. Um, in my free time, uh, we like to stay well, we both like to stay active, whether it's sports working out or running or playing with the kids. Uh, I've been a partner at Eats Twitter for about five years. Um, and that is me in a nutshell.
0: Hey hey can well, I can I just jump in here because it, y- yeah. you how did you get started doing this? because the guy that was doing my taxes before actually was your dad. So how did you get started?
2: Yeah, so this might tie in later to, to what we talk about, but my dad always wanted me to be an accountant, but I never wanted to follow in his footsteps ever. And then when I actually saw and took the time to understand what the business was, how stable it was, um, you know, in down times and good times, everyone needs an accountant and people need advice all the time, regardless of if it's personal tax or, or business tax. So that's what really drew me to accounting was how stable it was and and uh, secure. And I remember being in college, uh, uh, getting my degree and going to work at an insurance company, being super bored, um, no job satisfaction. I was just punching the clock at a desk all day, not talking to anybody. And uh, then I went to my dad and said, OK, now I think I know why you want me to be an accountant. So I, I went back to school for two more years, Bryn, um, and got all my prerequisites for my uh, accounting designation. And then I started articling. Uh, i didn't want to article with my dad and i wanted to just do my own thing get trained by somebody else so i worked for a local firm here in edmonton and then as soon as i got my designation i think that was in 2014 uh i moved over to to uh, what was then doorwitting company which is now a twitter um and then a year after that so now Fast-forwarding 2015, if, if everyone's following the timeline, is when I bought out my dad's third of the practice. He still owned a third at that point, so he uh, he he might have over overcharged me a little bit on the price, but that's okay. <laughs> I plan to do the same to my son one day, um, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how how it, how it all happened. And yes, now that
1: you're a partner at Yates Whitaker, let's talk about. Um, that firm that you guys have offices in both Edmonton and Calgary, tell us about the services and the kind of clients that you guys represent.
2: Yeah, so we'll work. We'll work with. I kind of break it down into four segments. So there's personal tax clients, and those clients we usually see or talk to once or twice a year, and obviously mostly during uh, February to April. Um, and then we service owner managed businesses. Who have corporate tax needs and compliance needs with GSP and, and corporate tax filings and things of that nature. And then we also offer estate tax uh, services to, to people who uh, have loved ones or, or uh, people they know who have passed away. We help them wrap up their estate. Um, and then the other kind of the fourth thing that we do is offer tax consulting and just business consulting in general. If a client has an issue, um, if they're going to buy or sell shares or assets, or if they want to reorganize who their shareholders are or whatever, then we can kind of advise in, in that area as well. So those four segments are, are kind of key to our business.
1: Obviously, things have changed in the last 365 days. How has your business changed in the past year?
2: You know what? I think the biggest change was, uh, was all the COVID programs from the government. That came out, and, and especially back, I guess, now a year ago. Hard to believe it's been a year. Um, things were being announced every day as far as these initiatives go, and even the announcements would change the day after the announcement. So it became quite the uh, the project to stay up on all all of these new announcements, all the initiatives, the changing initiatives, the extensions of deadlines. So that's been uh, that's been tough uh, as a firm to to first take in that information, understand it, so that when clients talk to us about these programs, we can tell them and help them out with what's going on. We have a team, uh, I believe we we have a team of three people now who specialize just in the government COVID area wow. who can help with wage subsidy, CERB, the seba loans, um, any initiative that has to do with COVID. They're the ones to, to kind of dive in and advise our clients. We had to do that pretty early on uh, in April of last year, and just be like, "You guys are working on that full time," uh, because the questions were nonstop from clients. So that's been the biggest change.
0: Hey, Spencer, with all of the the government stuff that's out there, is that slowing the process down for people? Like, if you know, everybody's always wanting to get their taxes in, and if they get a refund, they want to get it back as fast as they can. But I've got to think that this is slowing the process down a little bit. Am I wrong?
2: It definitely slowed it down last year. This year remains to be seen because they haven't extended deadlines this year yet okay. on anything. Last year was kind of tax season the whole year because stuff got uh, pushed back until September 30th. So that definitely had an effect last year. Absolutely. I think CRA now has more uh, horsepower and they've hired lots and lots of staff to to take over all these initiatives and kind of audit them and keeps the regular kind of tax filing reviews rolling. So I'm interested to, to see what happens this year. And and obviously it,
1: it is more complicated and and there is so many questions that those of those people that have collected some of those serve payments and, and the loans. They don't know. Um, we, we don't know when and when do we have to pay them back? Or will we be paying income tax on them? Those are the kinds of things. So obviously you said you've hired three people. And so that's what your, your three people are, are specializing in and, and knowing the answers to all those questions.
2: Yeah, for sure. So there's there's lots of questions. The, the three areas that we've lost questions around are wage subsidy, of course, for businesses who want to get the subsidy 75% up to certain limit. To cover off salary for their employees. And then there's the SEBA, um, loans, which are the $60,000 loans for businesses of which 20 grand is forgivable. Um, and that application is open till March 31st. This one, that the SEBA was originally $40,000 and then they bumped it up to 60. Um, so that's a, that's a big one that's taking place. And then the other one, of course, um, is the CERB, which people are, are might be in for a shock. I'm curious to see what happens in, in March and April here, but no tax is taken off of those checks that people got from the government for the Serb payments. So people actually might end up owing and be wondering why they're owing if they weren't paying attention at the time that those rolled out. That's the big thing to keep in mind now.
1: Mm-hmm. When are the SIBA payments due? For those that are going to, to, to pay back, basically, the, the portion that is, is not forgivable.
2: Yeah. So the portion that's not forgivable is repayable by December 2022. Um, and if you pay that 40 back, you retain the 20 as far as you qualify for it. Like some businesses got it, but didn't even qualify. So that's a mess in and of itself. We'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, December 2022 is the date. If if you don't make a payment, or if a business doesn't make that payment back, then the loan, the sixty grand, just becomes a term loan. That's you know interest at whatever rate starting January 2023.
1: A lot of us probably only think of our accountants once a year, and and no offense by the way, but uh, would what makes for a good accountant? Why should we be thinking about you more than just tax time?
2: Yeah, so I think I like to describe that. Well, the relationship between an advisor and a client as as a two-way street. So the reason why you should be consulting with a with, with your advisor more than once a year. Um and before I kind of go into this, there are clients who sometimes just use this us once per year that want once per year and that's completely fine because that's all they need. If you want more than that and you need advice constantly or you need to run things by your accountant, it's a two-way street. First, I have to be diligent in making sure that I have a relationship with my clients. That's number one. Because if I don't have a relationship with them, then they won't come to me and volunteer information. And I can't plan if I don't have said information. So I, it, 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 it's a, a relationship of trust both ways where they need to know that I need to know what's going on in their life. I need to know their goals, what they want to accomplish. How much they're paying themselves, how they're paying themselves, what they want to do. Um, that's all very critical to then take that information, digest it and plan accordingly. Um, so if, if, if I'm just talking to people once per year and having that one touch point, all that stuff happened in the past and I had no idea. They just made moves and I, you, you can't retroactively tax plan, right? So you got to be proactive and that starts with having a relationship with your clients. And I think that. That piece separates a good accountant from a great accountant. Um, Because everyone kind of in this profession can do a good job at preparing financial statements and a tax return. We're all trained the same um, in that regard, but the relationship piece and looking forward instead of backwards, um, which accountants love to look backwards because when do we review your taxes? After they happen right? Yeah. For the previous year. Yeah. So being proactive and thinking ahead is, is I think a big deal. Perfect. Um, maybe
1: we'll, we'll simplify things here a little bit. And maybe you can give us some common mistakes that you see from individuals or small businesses when it comes to their taxes.
2: Yeah. So to go along with what I kind of just said, there's, there, there are three things. The first thing is that someone does something or a business makes a move and then tell me after the fact, and you can't go back and change, change things. Hey, I took out a whopping amount of money from my company. How do we save tax? Well, the money's already gone. We can't really save tax. That's one thing. The second thing is um, not saving appropriately for taxes or not having an idea of how you are taxed if you own a business. Um, that's That's the second thing. And then the third thing would be not organizing your books in a fashion that's clean and efficient. Uh, and that gets people into trouble as well. So those three things are things I see all the time.
0: People still bring shoeboxes with receipts in, or is, are those days long gone?
2: Typically, no, they don't. We've seen it, but that's if that happens, it, it, clients are going to change right away because we're not going to even do the work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'll be, oh, do, do you have a shoebox? Yes, I do. Ooh. Okay, well, this is, you're not going to have that anymore. <laughs> your bill your bill will be too high.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. Um your father when he, when he was my accountant be, before you were uh he gave me some some pretty incredible tips some 20 years ago and and that's what I'm looking for. I'm always looking for tips as I'm I'm sure most people are. Can you give us some some good tax saving tips that might apply to to more than one of us? Yeah,
2: so in general like it's always hard to to give tips if it's a not a specific situation, not every taxpayer situation is the same. But in general, um, things that people can look out for are: Are you using RSP contributions effectively? Mm-hmm. How does that look? And making sure you don't over contribute to your RSP. Um, one thing is if you're moving for work, and and nowadays I think you're seeing more people kind of move away from Alberta to go work other places. But if you're moving uh, for work, you can claim some moving expenses um, to go to your new job. Uh, one thing that I do see that I didn't mention in some of the pitfalls that that I do see amongst our clients is if you're a sole proprietor, um, people uh, aren't tracking their expenses effectively. And if you're not tracking your expenses, then you're not going to get tax deductions off your income. Um, so that goes back to the bookkeeping piece and kind of being organized in that fashion. So just being really on top of your, your expenses, your vehicle expenses, and your home office expenses. Um, That's a big one. And then if you have a rental or income property, people miss what allowable expenses you do have uh, available to you for your personal tax return um, for those items. And then lastly, if you're uh, investing, seeing this lots um, where people don't track their cost basis of their investments. So what they paid for the investment, they don't track that. And then when they sell it, well, they sell it for X amount and they end up paying capital gains tax on the full amount because they don't know what they paid for the investment to begin with, which is a problem. So really the organization and the bookwork is one of the biggest tips that you can always give someone to save money on taxes.
0: Hey, Spencer, how, how much has COVID changed? I, I know that you know, one of the things that I always enjoy is dropping by your office. You know, there's always a nice coffee on. We have a great conversation. But those days are gone. It's all Zoom chats now and and FaceTime and that kind of stuff. Is it really been a dramatic change for you guys?
2: It has been. I should have mentioned that earlier when Brent asked me what one of the biggest changes was in the business. Because absolutely, uh, the meetings had fallen off the map face-to-face, at least. During the summertime, I maybe had three or four meetings face-to-face when in a normal world without a pandemic going on, you'd have three or four a day with people. And that's been really interesting to see how much more time is actually saved um, by meeting over Zoom or by phone. But with that said, the drawback is it's tougher to conversate and really touchy-feely kind of talk to somebody and and. and and see their their facial expressions, and really feel the conversation. So it's, it's, it's been a positive and a negative, um, I think. But generally, people don't even want to come into the office anymore, right now. They're pretty conservative. And so we, we do the best we can with what we're given.
1: When should someone
2: incorporate? Whenever you talk to an accountant, this is like the number one question that comes up with. Number two question is, what can I deduct? (laughs) So when do you incorporate? This is like many other tax questions. The answer is it depends. So there's two benefits to incorporation. and The first one I'll leave to the lawyers, but a big one is liability protection. So talk to your lawyer about that if you want to know more about that. But the second one is tax deferral. Um, if you uh, are fortunate enough to be making money inside of a business, the tax rate is 11%. That's the best tax rate you can get. And uh, you're able or the business allows you to retain money that's only been taxed at 11%. And the theory behind having an incorporated business is you only pay yourself from the business kind of what you need to live. And you leave the rest behind. Um, so, in that way, it kind of functions as an RRSP would, but it's an incorporated business and not an RSP. Basically, with an incorporated business, you've bought the freedom to, to choose and control your personal tax situation because you're only taxed when you pay yourself from your business. Keep in mind that you're only taxed, like I said, at 11% in your business. So, that's an 89 cent dollar in your business that's sitting there just waiting to be personally taxed. And the more you can kick that can down the road, generally in tax is better. Um, Contrast that with the sole proprietor who has no choice but to be taxed at 25, 30, 35% on their personal tax term because there isn't that shield of a small business uh, tax rate. So that's the big benefit is tax deferral.
1: Is there a software that you would recommend for Joe public that is not too expensive and that would make things easier for them running their business or, or running their new incorporated company. And that will make, I guess, your job easier come tax time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, it depends for everybody, but generally, if you're a sole proprietor um, you're not going to need a really big horsepower program, like a QuickBooks or something like that. You just don't. You can for sure, but it may be a little bit of overkill. Um, I always advise if you're a sole proprietor to at least have a simple Excel um, template built. And we we provide that to our clients where they can track and just input their revenues and expenses into an Excel. And then it tabulates everything, including GST. And that's usually enough. And then some clients just give us that Excel at the end of the year. We don't need to see receipts because we're not auditing anybody. You're responsible for your own kind of tax situation in case Siri asks. So that's the best thing for sole proprietors. Yeah. For businesses, and 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 um, I would recommend a QuickBooks-type program. And there's QuickBooks Online, there's QuickBooks Desktop. They have their pros and cons. Um, but generally, if you have an incorporated business, you're reporting more to CRA. They need to know more information. So those programs are able to, to hold that information more effectively uh, based on what you need.
1: I'm sure that the next question is something that you hear a lot at cocktail parties, but let's talk about cars. Should I buy
2: or lease my next car? Yeah, so this is one where um, it's not really a tax decision um, because it doesn't really sway one way or the other based on the tax result. Basically, all your operating costs for for your vehicle, whether it's a lease or buy, and depending, of course, on percentage of business use, but they're deductible. If you finance a vehicle, you can deduct uh, interest on on your loan, and then you can depreciate part of the vehicle. If you lease, you can claim the lease payment up to a certain amount. So you're getting deductions either way. The big thing and what drives the decision is based on the rates of financing versus rates of lease. As well as penalties on like over mileage on a lease or something like that. So it's it's not the tax. That's the driving factor, in my opinion. It's the other stuff surrounding lease versus buy. Oh, and one uh, the other thing that people do forget. Sorry, Brent, to cut you off. That's a big thing, and a a red, not a red flag, but something that CRA typically flags all the time, and they flag it years down the road. Is your business mileage and your book, your, your mileage log or your app or whatever. So we've had scenarios where clients get audited. Uh, like we'll see it maybe this year. They get audited for 2018 mileage. Well, if you don't have a log, like good luck going back to your calendar and figuring out where the heck you were. Um, we've had clients have to do that in certain situations because they didn't make a log at the time. So always have an app running your background on your phone or a log or something where you can just submit that in case you already asks. Cause it's one of the areas that they ask about a lot.
1: And, and that was literally what I was going to talk about. One of the very first gifts that I ever received from your father was a log book for my kilometers for my vehicle yeah. so 20 years ago. That was what he gave me. And to me, every single day since that date, I don't leave the garage until I write down my kilometers and uh, what a good habit! And and um, speaking from experience, because I, I was audited, that it was a GST audit. That that was the the first thing that the GST auditor asked for is our mileage book. And what a surprise for him when we provided one, <laughs> or
2: or, or yeah, actually, no doubt.
1: yeah, he didn't expect that we'd actually have them. And and we we had uh, one for each vehicle and and showed all of our our kilometers and and uh we passed that audit with flying colors so thank you and and to your father for that gift way back when Yep, i I also well yeah again i his tip and and i'll share it because your dad loves giving advice so so he's not here to give it but i i start your car and you're supposed to let it warm up anyway before you put it in reverse and back out and so you've got a minute or two to, to write down your kilometers as your car gets ready. And so you, yeah, you can get ready for your day and, and write in everything that you're going to be doing that day and everywhere you're going to be going. And so that's my habit. And, and the other tip that he had given me way back when, and you and I talked about this just last week, is to have two credit cards, is one for yep. personal, one for business. And then it's an easy decision. Um, and you don't have to keep track of, of later on trying to guess, was that a business meal? Or was that a personal meal? Was that a business expense? Was that a personal expense? That you'll know when you're doing that purchase of which credit card you're going to use. So I thought that those were both um, really good tips that, have, that I've kept for twenty some years now.
2: Yeah, and even with that, I mean, you're you're saving yourself so much time when you're doing your tax returns or having someone prepare them for you because that preparer, bookkeeper, accountant, or whatever, doesn't have to ask you, "Hey, Brand." I see this item on your bank statement. Is it personal or business? Uh, Having those two worlds separate, is huge
1: for sure. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you joining us. Tell us who would be a good referral for you. Somebody listening right now who should consider calling you.
2: Yeah. Any business owner is, is awesome. If you have a business, typically um, that's great because we can help them with their corporate Uh, work their business work as well as their personal tax returns, but like this sounds general, but honestly, anybody with a that that is expressed a a need for some help or some explanation, even if it's for personal tax stuff, that's always worth it. Um, one thing that I like to do is take half an hour with any potential client and just they're off the clock. Um, and if I can help them in in any way, we've done that lots where people use the half hour and then they don't come back and that's completely fine. Um, Cause that's how we, we grow our business and word of mouth and things like that. So we always offer 30 minutes off the clock to chat and you can ask me as many questions as you want. Um, so that's a, a thing that people like for sure. How do they find you? Um, easiest is probably on the website. Uh, it's yateswhitaker.ca. And then our phone number is 780-413-7211. And then email's good. My, my email is Spencer, S-P-E-N-C-E-R, at yateswhitaker.ca. And I'll uh, respond when I can. <laughs> yeah, not don't don't email them during tax season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no time frame on a response. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Spencer. I I, uh, I appreciate your time and thanks for joining us. and And I can't wait till uh, till we hit the golf course this summer and and talk taxes.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, and
2: Brent, thank you, Brent. Appreciate it. Thanks,
0: Brent. Brent, before you go, too, tell everybody how they can reach you.
1: Well, if they uh, would like to take some of that saved tax money and perhaps put it into an investment property, then they can call us directly at 780-464-0075 or find us on the web, macintoshgroup.ca.
0: Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Brent Griffiths. He's Brent Macintosh, and we'll see you next time.